We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Now we're live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Courtside. I'm Gabe Ibrahim. That's Calvin Wetzel. Oh, that's that's Calvin Wetzel. And that's Dana Mataya. And we are not Christy Winter Scott, our, our Hall of Famer. She is coaching uh, the Under Armour Elite 24 in Chicago because that's what Hall of Famers do. She was like, I have like 14 minutes to do this podcast, but I'm still going to do it. And I told her, you know what, Christy, you got to focus on You got to be where your feet are. Uh, so, you know, it, it takes at least two men to uh, replace Christy Winter Scott. Unfortunately, all you're getting is uh, me, Calvin, and Dano. So how are you guys doing, Calvin? Sorry. Oh, man. Yeah. Next man up mentality, right? I mean, I don't even know if the two of us combined can fill her shoes, but we're going to give it a shot. Next man up. Yeah. Big shoes to fill. And, uh, you know, I didn't know I'd be on camera today. I look awful. I need a haircut. I need to shave. Uh, but this is more incentive for me to get things done. So thank you. So we're here now. Now you see yourself and uh, now yeah. now maybe you can make changes in your life. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's going to be a Dallas Wing situation where we suddenly look much better um, for whatever reason, um, when when our star player goes down, I, I don't think this is going to be good. But we can we can try to replace uh, Christie as much as possible. And today we're going to be talking about the teams that have already made it to the playoffs. So uh, obviously the bottom of the bracket, the seven and eight seeds are an absolute mess. Uh, the Liberty, the Dream, the Mercury are all at fourteen and twenty, and the Sparks are at thirteen and twenty-one. Now, Dano, you did you did some uh, stuff right to figure out the chances and what everyone had to do, right? Yeah, it's it's not pretty. It's a mess, uh, right? I did tweet it out uh, the exact scenarios for each team to get in, mm-hmm. uh, and I I did rattle my brain quite a bit uh, quite a bit to figure that out. But uh, I mean, really. Lynx are in really good shape. Uh, Liberty are surprisingly in really good shape. Uh, Phoenix needs a lot of things to happen. Uh, and, of course, the, the Sparks <laughs> have, a, have a 1% chance of making it. They need uh, everyone to lose except either the the Liberty or Atlanta to win twice. And um, 
I just don't see that happening. But then again, you know, uh, crazier things in the world have happened. Uh, Link schedule going the rest of the Oh, did we lose Dano? I, uh, I lost Dano. I think we lost Dano. We've lost Dano. We're down to Dano, right. man. Now, now we need really... another next man up. Oh, we're shorthanded. We're in really bad <laughs> shape. Oh, there he is. Christ. Sorry, I don't know what's going on. Willis Reed, he's coming back. <laughs> he's walking out onto the court. <laughs> it's uh, not a Paul situation. Off the rails. Well, that's that's a different situation. If you have that situation, we can just take a break. It's fine. <laughs> We're off the rails immediately. I do want to point out. That on May 13th, when the Lynx were, I don't know, like 0-6 or whatever, I said they'd be in the playoffs um, looking good, right? 62% chance that the Lynx make the playoffs? Yes, 62%. All they got to do is basically really win one game. Um, I mean, granted, if they win two, it's it's automatic. A lot of things have to happen if they only win one. Uh, but it is Seattle and Connecticut. So um, who knows? Connecticut could rest their starters the last game of the season. So either someone is cutting their mowing their lawn or a military helicopter flew very <laughs> close to my house. I don't know which one it is yeah. in DC. Um, let's, just, let's just make a really quick prediction, then we're gonna get into the six teams um, that we think that we we have we know are gonna be in the playoffs to we'll talk about where they are. Um, so who so who who think who who do you guys think is gonna make it? Calvin, who do you think is gonna make it for uh, in the in for that seven eight seed? Uh, I do think the Lynx are going to get in because of what we talked about. The one thing that worries me, though, uh, is, I mean, the Storm are still going to be trying because they need to win one more to lock up mm-hmm. home court, and the Mystics get the fever twice. The Storm yeah. probably got to win one of those games. And the Sun, if we – if I mean, based on last year, how they played down the stretch after they locked up the one seed, I don't think they're going to be resting the starters. They're the team that loves to try hard regardless of whether it's what on the line. So, what Regardless of whether there's anything on the line. So the Lynx are going to have to be someone good. I do think they're in a good spot, though, because they only need one of two. And the other team I'm going with, I hate this, but I'm going with the Liberty. I'm wrong every prediction I ever make on the Liberty, so don't put any money on that. But I'm going (laughs) with the Liberty. They finally showed up to play in the last three quarters last night, and I think they're going to ride it into the playoffs. Calvin assuring that the Liberty will not make the playoffs (laughs) by by saying Uh that. Dana, who you you got out of of those teams? Uh, Selfishly, I'm – I'm hoping the exact same result that Calvin was talking about, but uh, you know, Atlanta could surprise us. Uh, I mean, they're, they're down a lot of players. The fact that they had six players score 88 points in Las Vegas. I uh, think they get that kind of output against New York and uh, are able to steal two and get in. I wouldn't be like completely surprised. Dana. What? <sighs> We're, we're losing them. New York. <laughs> Jeez, man. So I have to move oh. to, to a metropolis such as Falls Church, Virginia. Or where, where Calvary where is the, still Where the normal, internet is Illinois. flowing. I am in normal Illinois. Yeah, Falls Church and normal where the internet flows. <laughs> Not Manhattan, where apparently there's no service. Dude, uh, am, I, am I on? Can you hear yes, me? Yes, right you're, you're on. You're, you're on. I, 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 we're I'm, off the rails. You're off I'm, the rails. I'm about to set up a, a hotspot with my phone because this is this is getting ridiculous. Dude. <laughs> I, I've 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 had to deal with Spectrum's problems all week. Yeah, that's why I'm telling you, you gotta move. You gotta move to the metropolises of normal and false church. Uh, I'll I'll make my picks. I really, you know, I'm with you, Calvin. I'm like scared to say it. Uh, I think the links are in. Um, which is great because obviously we want to see Syl in her last season get to the playoffs. 
Nafisa coming back is an amazing story, and I, I really can't believe that she was able to pull that off. I love seeing Ariel Powers play. This That team is just going to be super fun in the playoffs, and I think they can give someone uh, a run for their money. Um, but I do want to see a Liberty, too. I want to see Sabrina playing some big games, more than just one playoff game. I want to see that team uh, get, get a chance to show what they got. Um, no offense to the Dream. I just think the Dream are going to be there in the future. Um, would love to see Ryan Howard in the playoffs, and – if I had, if I had to pick a team to mess it up, I'd pick the Liberty. But uh, you know, I, I don't see how. And, and the the problem for the Mercury obviously is that Diana Taurasi is out for the rest of the season, and um, you know, Skylar Diggins Smith is out for personal reasons. We obviously hope everything's okay with her, and you know that she's um, taking care of her mental. Um, but you know, it, it, if she's not coming back, then that's going to make things very difficult uh, for them. And they just lost to Minnesota last night, so. Um, I only expect them to be in it, and obviously the Sparks uh, need a lot of help. And I'd like to see another lottery pick here in DC. They seem to do well with those. Um, so that's uh, so. All right, so that's the bottom. So that's the bottom. Let's talk about the top, the teams that have clinched. So I'll go through all of them and tell you about where they're seated. So Chicago is going to be the one or two seed. They have not locked up the one seed, correct? No, if the Aces win tonight, the Aces will actually be on, the inside. on top for the one seed because they'll have the they'll be tied, and Aces will have the tiebreaker based on tonight's win. So, uh, winner tonight controls around destiny. Yes, the problem is the Aces play the Storm in the last game of the season. The Storm may need that game for home court, as you mentioned, and then the uh, Chicago plays one of those teams at the bottom. I forget which one. They're all, they're all, doesn't matter. Phoenix. 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 I believe it's Phoenix. And Go. Phoenix may be out of the playoffs by that point. Nope. Um, so then the the uh, then as you mentioned, Vegas is next. Uh, the next Aces win clinches at least the two seed. Uh, they could still move down to three, but that's seemingly unlikely. Connecticut, um, they are the three seed at the moment. They cannot fall past three, um, but they need two Aces losses and to win out to get the two seed. Does that sound right to you guys? Yep. Okay. Uh, then we have Seattle and Washington. They are locked in at the 4-5 matchup. It's just a matter of who's going to get home court. Uh, next Seattle win clinches home court in that series. So if the Storm, storm if the storm win any of the next games, as you mentioned, Calvin, as you alluded to, like the, they will have home court, and that's what we expect. Or if the Fever can somehow knock off the Mystics. I mean, the Fever haven't won since Christy famously made her bet <laughs> that they would win six games before the All-Star break, and then they've lost like four. 15 straight, 60. I think it's like 20 straight at this point. Something like that. Uh, I, I was going to say I lost a lot of money betting uh, the Mystics <laughs> live money line uh, against the Sparks the other day. So I've lost a little bit of trust in that team. It's not an unfair point. We'll get into that too. Uh, Dallas is locked into the sixth seed now. Congrats to the Wings. Uh, playing some really good basketball as of late, which brings me to my next point. Do you guys think being hot at the end of the season matters. Dano. I mean, we saw it with Chicago last year, right? Okay. Uh, I mean, they had a lot of injury issues and then finally got healthy. So it's kind of a different situation. It's kind of the exact opposite of what's happening with Dallas. But uh, you obviously want to be on a nice run going into the playoffs, having uh, some nice chemistry, nice rhythm. Uh, I think last night uh, against New York, they just kind of shot cold. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, Marina missed a lot of shots, um, still ended up at 18. But also, I mean, credit to Liberty, they were in a must-win I still think <laughs> it's every time I talk long, right? Yeah. Jesus. Sound like my grandmother. <laughs> um, anyways, 
I I just uh I'm worried though for them in the playoffs. The Sun looks so good. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't, I don't think they're. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But Calvin, what what do you think? Do you think being hot matters in the playoffs? Yeah, I'm a little bit biased because uh, we talked off air, and you have a stat which I'll uh, let you come up with in a minute. But uh, I'm gonna say no. But I do think. You know, to Dano's point about the sky last year playing really well down the stretch and Candace Parker missed a lot of time in the regular season, like being hot doesn't necessarily matter, but being healthy matters. And sometimes you get healthy at the right time of the season and then you get hot, but you're not. You're hot because you're healthy, right? So health is going to matter. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that with the Aces and some other teams as well. Um, but just in terms of, you know, the Wings happen to be playing well before last night, uh, like I don't think anything like that matters. It's it's, it sounds like coach speak, but it really is kind of O and O when you start the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I agree, and and not to not to say Dan was wrong, but I did a little bit of statistical. I like I like you using coach speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did do a little bit of statistical analysis here. After all, we are her hoop stats. Uh, so I took in the last three seasons. So this is not all the seasons. This is not a comprehensive review. But in the last three seasons, I looked at the team's overall season metrics in offensive rating, defensive rating, and net rating, then their last five games of the season, and then subtracted it out to see who was playing better or worse than we would expect heading into the playoffs in those last five games before the playoffs. And pretty much every team that was playing above their level was not did not do well in the playoffs, and every team that was playing below their level – had mixed results so in 2019 obviously the mystics and the sun made it to the finals both those teams are playing slightly better than their net rating would suggest over the season but not by that much the team that was actually playing the best heading into the 2019 playoffs was the los angeles sparks famously had a horrible playoffs and then lost their all their franchise players the Las Vegas Aces, on the other hand, were playing the worst. They were 10 points worse in the net rating in those last five games than they were for the reg- for the rest of the season. And that team did fine. I mean, they had the hand behave and, and they uh, made a series against uh, the Mystics. So that would be 2019, 2020. We look at it again. The team that was playing the worst below expectation levels was the Minnesota Lynx. They did not have a good playoffs. But the team that was playing the best heading into the playoffs was the Connecticut Sun, and they did not. Uh, they advanced to the semifinals. So maybe there's some logic there, but the two teams that made it to the finals were playing a little bit worse than their level heading in those last five games before the playoffs. Then we go to 2021 and the Chicago sky had an, we're playing 8.6 points worse per 100 possessions in those last five games heading into the uh, playoffs. The Seattle Storm are playing seven points worse. The Phoenix Mercury are playing 6.9 points worse. So what I'm saying here is these last five games, yes, they matter. But I don't think being hot now is as dispositive as being one of the best teams all season. Now, that doesn't just mean we take the net rating and we say, okay, that team is going to win. But I I do think we have to you know, kind of take it out of our heads that if you're hot late in the season, it means you're going to be much better in the playoffs because it doesn't seem to be bearing out in the stats. Um, does that, is that too, is that, is that too like narrow minded here? No, I mean, I, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, yeah, go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, it goes back to what you were saying. It's like, you know, playoff start. I think all players should really have that and coaches have that, you know, mindset of ramping up a little bit. It's just the, uh, probably see it more with teams who are experienced outside of that, you know, that sparks, uh, situation but uh playoffs are crazy things happen 
It's incredible that Dano can uh, use StreamYard with his TI-84 calculator. <laughs> uh, Broadcasting I, from a potato. I did move to my phone's Wi-Fi or my hotspot Wi-Fi. It is not better. It, oh, really? <laughs> no. I mean, he hasn't cut out sound-wise yet. The sound, the sound I, is there. It looks we, like you're uh, doing something wrong. It looks like we have to blur out whatever you're doing. <laughs> Damn. Uh, well, we need Christy back in the worst way. Man. <laughs> <laughs> we need our. We, we have no offense. We're trying to get to the post. Maybe Dano did this on purpose because he was embarrassed of his hair or whatever he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a, he's blurring it out. <laughs> Your hair looks fine, buddy. Guys, I don't know what's wrong with my Wi-Fi. It's it's been all week. I don't know. I hate New York. <laughs> I, it, it, I you know what? Um, oh, the NBA will retire number six. League wide to honor uh, Bill Russell. Good for I feel about that. Um, that's a different subject for a different podcast. Uh, so let's. Uh, all right, let's get into the teams here. Um, I'm, I'm debating whether we should start from the bottom or start from the top. I think we should start from the top. That's probably where we have the most opinions, right? Let's start from the top. Let's start from the top. All right, Drake started top. from the bottom. We'll start from the top. Uh, let's start from the top with Chicago. Chicago Sky. Uh, as we mentioned, still fighting for that one seed. Defending champs. They know what to do. They know where to be. Um, James Wade has had this team rolling all season long, and they look really together and ready for the playoffs. But there are some question marks. They've been um, getting by with close wins all year. Uh, I think uh, across the timeline, Curtis, he had a stat about how they're, they've only had a 7.8-point difference in average, right? Heading into the yep. playoff sense, the lowest since the 2017 Washington Mystics, uh, which gives me a little bit of concern. Um, so, Calvin, is, is, do you think they can still survive on that close wins, clutch clutch time wins uh, in the playoffs? Yeah, definitely. Well, and I correct me if I'm wrong. I think Curtis's stat was that they were tied with that 2017 Mystics team for the lowest ever. Uh, the smallest average. Yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll yeah. Right now. Um, Fun fact games involving the Chicago Sky in 2022 have been decided by an average of 7.8 points. That's currently tied with the 2007 Washington Mystics for the smallest average margin in WNBA history. And just to put a bow on that, that team was 16 and 18 and did not make the playoffs. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, almost 500, what you expect from a team with a low average margin like that. The thing with Sky is a lot of these games that look close at the end haven't actually been close. They become close in the fourth quarter. But, uh, I mean, we talked about this in our group chat the other day. I feel like the first half, you know, some maybe I'm wrong. Someone could look up the data for this. The first half of Sky games are so often blowouts one way or the other. Usually it's the Sky put a beat down on someone. But every now and then, every couple weeks, the Sky, for whatever reason, randomly don't show up. We saw it in their last game against the Storm. They got throttled in the first half. They come back, make it a game. Same thing in the Commissioner's Cup against the Aces, right? Um, the score, you know, looks a lot more respectable than it did early on. But to me, I mean, a lot of that the other way where the Sky give up those leads, I think we're not going to see it as much in the playoffs because down the stretch of those games when they get up by 20, 25, 30, I mean, they're coasting, Right. And I, I like to think that they're not going to coast as hard down the stretch of a playoff game, especially, you know, when you get into maybe if they have uh, like a best of three at game three mm-hmm. or game five, like they're going to keep their foot on the gas no matter what the score is. The other thing that reason why I like the sky is because now that you have series all the way across, so I guess the sky would get series anyway, because they're a top two seed, even under 
last year's yeah. format, but they haven't lost two in a row all season. Whenever they have one of those random games we talked about where they just don't show up, they always bounce back. And if you're going to beat this guy in a series, you're almost certainly going to have to beat him two in a row unless you happen to get him every other game throughout the whole series. So I really think this guy are in good shape heading into the playoffs. Yeah, and to 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 give you your point of statistical slant here, so first half, uh, the Chicago Sky had a 7.9 net rating, and the second half, they have a 4.1 net rating. So they get a lot worse. Actually, here's an interesting one. I mean, I think this is, there's a lot of noise here, so I don't take it too, too much to heart. But in the first half, the Las Vegas Aces have a 15.6 net rating, and the second half, negative uh, 0.4 net rating. Uh, that's due, that's probably due, it's due because they're up so much and they are very uh, what what's the word I'm like slim in depth. They're uh, top heavy, top heavy. There we go. Uh, they're very top heavy, so I think they take out their starters and they they lose a lot uh, in that second half. But uh, just some something to note. But Dana, do you are you a little bit worried about all these close games for Chicago? Uh, I mean they. They are very clutch. I mean, like Courtney Vandersloot's clutch stats are, are insane. Uh, I remember every every game they flash them up uh, that they're close in uh, about how efficient she is in the fourth quarter. But I, I think I'm just worried about their defense lately. Um, yeah. And they have strong defenders on that team. You know, Candace, uh, Rebecca Gardner off the bench. Um, but, I mean, they're giving up, I think, over 90 in the last five or six uh Giving up ninety to the fever—that's that's a problem I see. Um, so I, part of me thinks they're also just tired of it's a longer season. Um, so maybe mentally they're they're somewhat checked out until games get more important. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I do love that stat that Calvin pulled that they haven't lost two games in a row all year. So that makes me want to bet on them against the Aces tonight. So. Might as well do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I think I know this is it's probably going to get spun right in the playoffs of being like, well, this seems so clutched. And, and you know, they they just know what to do at the end of games or whatever. And, and there's, that's probably not necessarily true. But I do think there some of that is true. Like the team just kind of knows what to do at the end of the games. And it's something we talked about before the season here on this podcast that, you know, uh, when you win a championship, something changes in every team. Every team that wins a title, you, you come back with a little bit more confidence. You come back with a little bit more uh, focus, um, and you and you play a little differently. That may manifest itself in kind of chilling in those first three quarters before winning time and just keeping it close. Uh, so we'll see uh, how much that factors in. I, I agree with Dana, though. The defense has been uh, a little bit concerning. Calvin, do you think that's the the big pressure point here for Chicago, or if you can pinpoint um, some a player? Or, or just some something on this team that uh, can really, you know, make or break their postseason. No, it definitely is the defense. I mean, they're coming off of giving up 111 to the Storm, but you know, even before that, like Daniel said, they've been allowing. You know, I'm looking through their game log here. They haven't held a team below 80 since July 20th. I mean, they got all sorts of these games in the in the 80s and 90s uh, when you look at their opponents here. And that is going to be a problem. They are going to tighten that up, obviously, as they get into the playoffs. But they are going to have to. And to your point about, um, you know, teams coming off of a championship, something changes. One kind of thing that that made me realize, I haven't even thought about, anecdotally, I have no idea whether this is true. But I can think of a lot of examples of teams who 
win a championship, but they weren't awesome throughout sports, not just WNBA. They weren't awesome in the regular season. They mm-hmm. kind of get in, win a championship. Um, then they come off of that championship, ride a bunch of momentum, and have an amazing regular season the next year. I'm thinking of like the Warriors when they won 73 mm-hmm. games, came off a championship a year before, broke the wins record. And then they run out of gas and don't win in the playoffs. I'm also thinking about, like, as a Packers fan in the NFL, the Packers did that when they won the Super Bowl. They went 15-1 and the year after they won the Super Bowl and lost in the first round of the NFL playoffs. Uh, So, I don't know. We could see – I mean, the Sky could get the one seed, ride that championship momentum, and we could see them lose in the playoffs. So, But if they do, I agree with Dan. I think it would be because of their defense. Yeah, no. And, Dan, do you you have a specific concern uh, for their defense? I, I I mean they're playing with so much pace they're scoring a lot too so it's really it, it's just catching a team on a bad day right? right um I mean the storm obviously one of the most the biggest statistical anomaly we've ever seen in WNBA game basically the most mm-hmm. efficient game ever uh so if you play like that obviously you're never gonna lose but uh against teams that are deeper or I don't know if anyone's as deep as this guy, but uh, teams that do have depth, um, it's going to be hard. Uh, if you get in foul trouble, you have any kind of injury, uh, lose a critical piece. Uh, that's my only worry. Um, I do think like you were saying earlier, they're, they're going to ramp it up and, and make sure they're focusing on that. But yeah, I mean, it's just, they are susceptible if, uh, if they do get caught lacking or have an injury. Yeah, and they, they do foul a lot, um, and that's been that's been one of their big their big problems. Although their defensive problems have been weird, they're they're just kind of going in and out of, of various problems. Um, and you know, I I, I want to say that my pressure point is probably Azrae Stevens, um, but I'm, I'm probably just saying that because I really enjoy watching her play. But I think you know, last year she was huge in the playoffs for them, and she's gonna have to come up big again. Yet she's in a very different role because I think you know. We look at Emma Mieseman and we see everything Emma Mieseman's done, and you can't you can't even knock the resume at all. You look at Candace Parker, you look at Courtney Vandersloot, you see Kelly Copper, Ali uh, Quigley, uh, of their top six or seven players. Well, the top six players certainly the least accomplished is Azri Stevens, but I think she could also be the thing that pushes them over the top and makes them better than some of these teams who are really at you know five players that you trust. If they have that sixth player that they can trust in Azri, especially on both on both ends. That I think it's gonna it's gonna push them over the top, and I think their optionality on offense is gonna help them on defense. Right, the best the best defense is to make shots and keep teams out of transition. That's that's gonna be true in anything, and in, in the playoffs especially, teams typically limit transition possessions more, and they win more in the playoffs. So if they're able to make shots, and I think Azari is gonna be a big part of that. I think they'll they'll be working with the they'll be cooking with gas. I also really trust Rebecca Gardner, which is yes weird, right? Because she's a rookie and she's never played in this league. But I trust her oh. just in, intrinsically in the playoffs. I think she'll be fine. Yeah, that's my pressure point. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, I mean, like, well, they they moved Allie to a starting role last year in the playoffs, I believe, and she wasn't starting mm-hmm. all season. Um, I could be wrong, but. I wouldn't be surprised if there, you know, there are matchups that James Wade's like, you know, we got to start Rebecca Gardner tonight. We need her defense. Yeah. Um, I mean, cause she does play a lot of fourth quarter minutes uh, as it is. Uh, damn. <laughs> damn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, we we were doing pretty well for a while. <laughs> What's up, Sky Show? What's up, Larry? I see you guys in the comments. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> send 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 some bandwidth if you can. I, I wonder if I just join from my phone. If that it might be better if you join from yeah. Your phone. <laughs> <laughs> it might be better if you join from your phone. <laughs> but we'll keep going here. <laughs> no, but, but I think what you say, I mean, like, look, James Wade, um, you know, he may not win uh, coach of the year this year, but I think he might get my vote. Because the more I think about it, it's just like the, he, he, the way he's been able to manipulate the options and experiment and, and try different things. It's been, you know, it, it's been really remarkable to watch. And I think that's just going to be, that's why, I think that's why teams win in the playoffs, right? Because I was talking about, it's all going to come down to matchups or Dan is going to come back guys. It all comes back down to matchups, and we're not talking about matchups quite yet because we're not in the playoffs, and we're going to do that next week, so make sure you tune in. But I think um, we're going to be looking at this Chicago team and saying, well, they can match up with anybody, right? Yeah, well, and I don't know if James Wade's going to get coach of the year, but to me, I mean, I could be swayed, but I would probably vote for him for executive of the year because of what I he did. did with this team. You know, yeah, is that are you on the same page with that? Yeah, so I did my I did my awards yesterday um, because I thought we were going to do that. We may do that on this podcast, and I have him as executive of the year. Um, but I do think you know, all, I think the to experiment to fit all these pieces in and to still be fighting for that one seed is just really, really impressive. That's why I, I'm kind of having my both. I mean, I, I I don't know. I'm still debating between him and Becky Hammond. Um, which actually, you know what? Okay, it, Dano Dano's ready to come back. Let's see him. There he is. Hello. Oh, look at that. Look at that guy. (laughs) Crisp. So crisp. (laughs) Oh, man. It's it's real. It's me. It's me. This is my room. There's Josh. I'll put him up here for a little bit. Oh, check that out. Some tweets on the screen or some comments. Some comments. Yeah, comment. I'll throw it up here. I'll throw it up here. Larry's got Sky in four. Larry, it's not four yet, buddy. It's three. You want Sky and two. You want Sky and two. Um, no, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, Sky Sky Show says uh, whoever wins tonight should win uh, Coach of the Year. Uh, sure, that's a good way to do it because I really don't have a different way to do it. Why not? Uh, let's talk about those aces though. Let's get into the aces because uh, you know we talked a lot about the Sky and I think the Aces are another team that at the beginning of the year it came out like a freaking rocket. Um, you know, looked like the best team in the league by far. Were dominant early on, yet now they're looking uh, a little shaky. In the end of the first half of the season, they looked a little shaky. Now we get the news that the Erica Hamby is going to be out two to four weeks, and you know they they had already made the decision to move over the Kia Stokes as, as a starter. Um, but this team was so thin already. Um, and my question for them is, my big question for Vegas is, do they have enough in the tank? Dano, now that we can see your face, can I get your answer? I am worried. You're worried? I, I am genuinely worried. Uh, and look at the minutes distribution. Uh, look at who leads the league in minutes. Look at... Oh, oh my God! <laughs> no way. Oh, did it. Oh, did no it. way. No way. Did that not... Did I? Are you on your that? Wi-Fi on your phone, though? Take it off your Wi-Fi on your phone. <laughs> Someone send Dano some internet. Man, we need to get we need to get him out. Of I am so sorry for this, but anyways, um, <laughs> this is hilarious. Are you kidding? 
It's actually so, very entertaining. <laughs> so, yeah, I am worried. Uh, I feel like we've seen a drop-off in Kelsey Plum uh, in her production mm-hmm. lately. Uh, you do have one of the two best players in the world, so that always helps. But depth is huge, especially in the playoffs in a series. Uh, Becky Hammond, uh, coaching experience as far as, like, the WNBA goes. I mean, she's one of the – you know, most tenured coaches as far as like experience goes, but still different. It's the WNBA. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like I've been worried about their defense for a long time, but sometimes they do get up for big games. Like you see how they limited Seattle the other day to I think 80 points in Sue's last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they give up 88 points to six players in Atlanta. Like, and Atlanta was down Tiffany Hayes, Nia Coffey, Monique Billings, Chrissy Wallace, uh, like in a game where, uh, you know, I don't say it wasn't a must win, but uh, you should have dominated that game. If you're, if you're the team that you are with the, the crazy offensive production, uh, be dominant and they weren't. And so that kind of worries me a little bit uh, from that perspective, but still so much talent on this roster, even if it's only in four players minus Hamby. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say I feel as confident in them. I wouldn't have them in my top four, right. Or top three right now, as far as confidence level goes. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, man, I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I, every, I think the defense has been concerning for a while, but then, you know, Kelsey Plum falling off a little bit, uh, you know, hopefully they can get a little bit of rest, right. Um, you know, feel feel and feel a little bit better heading into the playoffs. I think that helped them a lot getting that all star break after the first half. Um, you know, because they look tired at the end of the first half, and it makes sense, right? Because there's five players playing the large chunk of the big minutes and and doing a lot of the heavy lifting. So by the end of your your whatever run, your first half of the season, second half of the season, going into the playoffs, you're going to be tired. So it makes sense. It makes sense why they why they'd be tired now. But I, I, I am I, I feel like they're a little bit shaky and this isn't to take away anything at all from these players who have played magnificent basketball all season long i mean asia wilson is my mvp um Ch- chelsea gray in the chelsea last gray dude, chelsea gray in the last two weeks has been jesus unreal unreal and she's doing you know what she's doing ma'am i was watching so thinking basketball great youtube channel um had that video where he tracked all of michael jordan's postseason games um, and he kind of tracked like how far back Michael Jordan was going on the fadeaways. And like Michael eventually got to like 47%, 47 degree lean on the fadeaways. And we're getting there with Chelsea Gray because they she's doing it to everyone. She was doing it to Ariel Atkins. And Ariel Atkins is, is very long and, and was in her face. And she was still able to hit it over. Chelsea Gray has been amazing. And, and Hamby was having a great season right up until the end. I actually think Kia Stokes is having a really nice season too. No, it can be first half of the season, Hamby. First yes. Half of yes. Oh, for sure. First half of the season, the Hamby was was really good, and then obviously Kelsey Plum was getting Kelsey and Jackie were getting MVP nods. You know, so maybe they can. I think their ceiling is very high. Yeah. But they're also a team where that floor is yeah. really low. So Calvin, are you also worried? Are you with us? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm worried because of Derek Ham- Hamby's injury, number one, and I'm also worried. I mean, part of that ceiling in that floor. This team takes a lot of threes, and they allow a lot of threes. They're in the top three on both sides of the ball in terms of three-point rate 
top three in three-point rate, and I should say bottom three in three-point rate allowed. So when you have so many threes being chucked up on both sides, that's a really high-variant style of basketball that you're playing, which does lead you to that high ceiling. I think they have a higher ceiling than the sky, but they also do have a really low floor. If they get cold, if an opponent gets hot, you know, who knows? And especially, I mean, even though Hamby down the stretch maybe wasn't the same player as she was in May, now obviously she's hurt. When you still, I mean, I don't think I'm telling anyone new when I read these numbers. This has been a talking point that's been hammered home all throughout the year. But when you look at the on-off stats, the five starters, including Hamby, they're all above 11. They're all in the double digits in terms of the difference, their net rating when they're on the court, when they're off. Everyone else is negative. There's a gap from 11 to negative two when you go from five to six on the aces. It's a huge deal. And they could get away with that when they were doing that for limited stretches end of the first, beginning of the second, you know, whatever, when they're able to play all five of those. But now all 40 minutes, they're going to have to have one of those other players below that cut line on the court. It's Kia Stokes, obviously, in the starting lineup. I know you say she's had a great season. I mean, she's still she's not Derrica Hamby. So I think this team is definitely vulnerable. The one thing that they have going for them is the fact that we all think they're vulnerable. And anytime we all, you know, everyone, the narrative all lines up or whatever, it just, we're all wrong. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see this team getting upset by someone. And I mean, you remember that game when the Liberty went in there and beat them like 120 to 110 or whatever it was. If that's the matchup, like who knows, we could get one of those type of games. And then you get one of those in the first two Liberty get home court in game three. Who knows? I so, mean, I, I'd be worried. Sabrina gets up for big games. Like, she – I mean, that game, uh, granted, they – I feel like they, they were already in Vegas for a day. Uh, but what that might have been one of the best statistical games of all time that we've seen yes. in the WNBA. A 30-point triple double, like just super efficient. Uh, but, I mean, it goes to your point, Calvin. Like, if you're playing against a team that chucks up so many threes and relies on the three – just takes two hot nights in this first round. And I, I'm not comfortable in the aces at home either. I feel like they, I feel like they're better on the road. Um, I, I got to look at stats, but uh, I feel like they, they definitely allow more points at home than they do on the road. I could be wrong, but I'm like 90% sure. I, I actually wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised about that, but yeah, no. And so, all right. The reason I say Kia Stokes having a good season is because when you look at the lineup data of Two point of two uh, player lineups with over a hundred minutes. She, she and Asia Wilson have by far the highest net rating of anyone, twenty eight point two. I looked this up because I was watching a game, and I, I Becky Hammond made an early switch to Kia Stokes even earlier than she normally does because usually Stokes is the first player off the bench. And I was like, you know, that was weird because that really worked. And then I looked at the stats. I was like, yeah, that's why it's working. So I, I just that's why I say Kia Stokes having a great season. I know there's. Um, you know, I'm sure you could you could argue with me, but I think it does work well with Asia Wilson, and it kind of frees up Asia to do a little bit more on both ends of the ball. But yeah, it's a little scary for Vegas. Let's hope they can uh, get right, and hopefully we see Hamby back in the playoffs because, um, you know, obviously, I you know, I wonder also to a certain extent how much can we um, you know, blame her late season struggles on whatever knee injury she had, right? You know, that's that's something that we don't know. Uh, how she was dealing that all season long. So uh, hopefully Hamby can get back. Hopefully Vegas can get through. But yeah, man, Vegas, Vegas, New York first round. Uh, that's that's something that the WNBA wants. I'm sure. I'm sure it's something. That, let's talk about uh, you know the other biggest market in this league, uh, the Connecticut Sun. 
play Adam Mohegan's son in Eucanicsville. Eucanicsville, is that what it is? Uh, Uncasville? Uncasville. Uncasville. I think it's Uncasville. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, Connecticut is is just a suburb and women's basketball. Those are the two things they do. And they do them quite well because this Connecticut team is really, really good. They, they've flown under the radar, right? Like, I'm not imagining this like i feel like connecticut has flown on radar at least under my radar i haven't um i haven't you know quite thought of them as a championship favorite especially since jasmine thomas went down but they've been trucking and all along and looking really good especially against the bottom teams they've struggled with some of the top teams but i think they still look pretty good so um how do you guys feel about connecticut this this time around let's go with calvin yeah, well, they do lead the league in net rating ahead of the two teams we already talked about, which is a very Kurt Miller thing to do. But uh, yeah, so I, you know, you could say they're flying under the radar. I think we did a podcast in the preseason game where we picked our awards and champion and everything like that. I think I can't remember what you picked. I feel like we both picked the Sun. I'm pretty sure I picked the Sun. That was before Jasmine Thomas got hurt. But Tia Heidemann has stepped up big this year, so I I like the Sun a lot. I do worry because i think the wings are going to give them a lot of trouble in the first round assuming that's the matchup so i think that one's going to go three they're going to have to i think the sun will come out of it but they are going to have to ride their starters a lot um and they're going to be a little bit you know they're going to be less rested coming in the second round maybe put it that way and then they'll probably get the aces they could get the sky in the second round but the sun are in they've been there they've done that remember when they were seven seed when was that two years ago and then they made a run and almost made the finals yeah, and we kind of wrote them off because they started out 0-5, right? No. Uh, so the Sun really get up for this time of year, too. Uh, the disrespect thing with the CT is gone, but, like, no one's disrespecting them anymore. But Oh, that's coming still, back, though, right? Is that's it coming back? back? When I, I mean, I'm sure whenever we get the... One. I, I, I feel like it's manufactured at this point, but... When, when ESPN does their picks, and we know ESPN hates Connecticut, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> they're going to be posting everyone not picking the Sun and saying disrespect. I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> yeah i actually uh they actually i forget i think it was the sun official twitter account posted i posted win probabilities whenever that was maybe 2019 and mm-hmm. the, yeah it was 2019 when the mystics were, were so dominant and their their championship probability was like way over 50 percent uh and when i posted that uh i made it into the sun's disrespect tweet so what an i honor. felt pretty good about that i was very honored to get hated on by the connecticut sun <laughs> Uh, no, and I look, they're going to, I think they don't need to ride the disrespect thing anymore. Uh, I think they need to ride like, Hey, we're pretty, we're pretty healthy. We're like, I don't know, 75% healthy, which is more than we've been in the past. And, um, you know, I think they're, I think the bracket's breaking right for them though. Not to, again, we're not going to do matchups quite yet. going to save that more for next week, but I do think the brackets brackets, uh, breaking well for them because I don't think Dallas is a particularly good matchup against Connecticut. I, I think, you know, the 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 teams that are going to be able to take advantage of Connecticut more so are the teams that have really have two really strong guards. Um, and for the most part, Dallas doesn't have two really strong offensive guards that can attack their one weak point on defense. Uh, and then I don't know, man, Sun and Aces, obviously, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young and, and, and Chelsea Gray, they'll give they'll give that backcourt fits. But. I don't know. I just have I just have a feeling like the sun the sun can uh, can get there. I think the brackets breaking right for them, and we'll see how it all all shakes out next week. But if they if it breaks like it's looking now, I think they have a really good chance of making it to the finals at the very least. I'm with that. I think 
they're going to take care of Dallas easily. Uh, I love – I mean, look at Dallas and most of their output, especially without Enrique is coming through Marina and Tierra McGowan. John Quell is not uh, weak. John Quell is one of the best five players in the world, and she's coming back from, you know, COVID protocols and all that, so she's playing a lot more, playing a lot better. Uh, and then I think AT is one uh, – all first team WNBA, maybe, uh, maybe a lock for me. So yes. I love the way this team's playing. Uh, I was definitely worried about them early on, but uh, I guess we talked about it earlier. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm not worried about the Dallas matchup aces. Obviously we talked about the variance there could, could get real scary, um, but they haven't beat Chicago in how long? Uh, nine games um so yeah i think chicago's got something over them so if that ends up being a finals matchup uh that'd be sick would be very happy to see um those two teams going at it but uh i don't want to write off whoever our potential seventh seed is though yeah whoever that team is the (laughs) the fact that we don't know them yet makes me want to write them off i'm sorry (laughs) you know what i'm saying like you're 14 and 20. How seriously can I take you? Maybe hey, there's, a re- there's a reason some of us bet the Minnesota Lynx to win it all at plus 250. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. I think it's a good bet. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, me, me neither. The Link, the Lynx are, you know, one of those teams that, uh, you know, you look around, you want the championship. I mean, at least I do. Uh, and I probably overweight this, to be honest. It's like, I want championship experience. I want a team that's been there. Uh, Connecticut, I don't know. I don't know if I count them, but they've been to the finals. They understand how to get there at the very least. Uh, you know, maybe when they get around uh, Chicago or Seattle, um, that that could be that could be a tough matchup for them, especially in the finals. But I like I like their chances to get there at the very least because I think they're they're together. They know who they are, and they have their a really strong identity. Um, they do have a weak point, but if you can't attack that weak point, I, I think they'll be okay. And not saying Tisha Hyman's not a good player. She's just not, you know, the best. She's not sure. Jasmine Thomas, right? Like that's that's basically what I'm saying. She's not one of the she's not a player of that caliber. So um uh you know, ho- we'll we'll see we'll see about Connecticut too. Let's let's keep it moving. Um, because we spent a lot of time on these teams already. Uh Seattle. Is Seattle a championship favorite, even though they're a four seed, Dano? Uh, so I was hating on them for a long time. Uh, but what I just saw, I don't want to have recency bias or re- overreact from one mm-hmm. game, but uh, they hit a new ceiling that with that team that I haven't seen before. Obviously, when you're shooting 60-plus percent and having 37 assists, you're going to look amazing. But, uh, you know, same thing with the Aces. You have one of the two best players in the world. Uh, I'm not a believer in Tina Charles long-term. Uh, I do mm-hmm. think they are vulnerable defensively. I think they're worse. Uh, you know, advanced stats give them a lot of credit uh, for where they are in defense, but uh, Tina Charles changes that a little bit. And uh, God, I don't know. I, this team has been very hard for me to figure out all season, but uh, I've been pretty low on them, probably lower than I should be. So, I don't know. I, I, it's the most exciting first round I think I've ever been uh, been prepped for, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with them and the Mystics. So 
Uh, I'm higher on the Mystics, definitely. But if you're going to get awesome output out of Gabby Williams, that's, I think, my pressure point. Because you know what you're going to get with Stewie. Um, Sue is good for six assists and occasional two threes. Uh, Jewel Lloyd has been up and down, but for the most part, solid. Uh, if you get solid output out of Gabby Williams, uh, this team definitely has the pieces. I think they're probably lacking a little bit in uh, as far as depth with guards, but God, they, they have, they probably have more depth than I'd say the aces, right? Yeah. yeah, everyone has more depth than the aces. Oh, fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. More, more the fever have more depth than the aces. More, more oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's Come bump on. the brakes a little bit. Let's not. Let's not. Dude, they have more depth <laughs> than Connecticut, right? Uh, uh, Bree Jones not, versus Ezzy versus. That's a lot closer. Uh, yeah. It's a lot closer. I don't know. Uh, I mean, you're not giving the my girl Nia is... Cloud enough credit. <laughs> love, I love Nia Cloud and. I'm part of the hive. We're part of, you're part of the hive. I, I love that she's getting more time too. Uh, Dijanae has been, I mean, she's probably a low end candidate for most improved. I don't know. I, geez. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm too low on Seattle. So I don't, I don't give them a fair shake, but uh, yeah, to me, it's Gabby Williams or bust. We don't talk about her enough. Yeah, no, I, so here's the thing with the with this this storm. Um, yeah, I mean, sorry. Let, let's talk about Seattle and Washington first off. This is the series that was promised. You know, this was uh, this is something that we we really need. I think as a WNBA community, because we go back to 2018, uh, which is really when like when I started getting super into the league was 2018 during that Mystics playoff run. They get to the finals and they lose to Seattle. Uh, mainly because Atlanta Deladon gets hurt. Then we get to 2019, and we're all expecting it to be against Seattle, Washington. Washington holds up their end of the bargain. Brianna Stewart tears her Achilles. We can't get that series. The next season is 2020. Seattle wins the championship, but Washington is missing two of their best players in Atlanta Deladon and Tina Charles. We get to 2021. Uh, The Mystics, again, missing Elena Deladon, the Storm missing Brianna Stewart in the playoffs. So this, this, we needed this. We needed this just as like a, a... a basketball nut, like I think we needed this. Yeah, I do think that the Storm um, are. I think they'd be my championship favorite at the moment, even though they're the four seed. And I think um, I was very critical of the move for Tina Charles from the start because I worried that they would start her over Ezie Magbagor, and I worried that you know she would want post touches and she would want this and she would want that. But you know what? It kind of works because they're much better on offense with Tina Charles, and she's been better defensively. Like she's been, she's been a little bit more switchy. She's been able to get out on the floor. Look, she's not a great defender, and she never will be, and she never was. But she was able to do enough to hold up that end of the system to then give them more on offense. Now, my question, yeah. Alvin, is in the playoffs. Do you think they have optionality with Ezie Magbagor and Tina Charles? Because if they, if if Tina's cool, and I think she will be, with a flexible role of whether she finishes games or starts games or whatever. Then they do have the optionality between a player who, you know, if she had started the whole season, would probably be deep in the top three or four of defensive player of the year conversation, and she may still be, um, and a player that can give you so much offensively that they can really ride the matchups. 
Do you think that's gonna do you think that's gonna be a big pressure point for them? Yeah, no, optionality is huge. I mean, Essie led the league in blocks up until the point where they took her out of the starting lineup. She was the best rim protector in the league and, you know, on a per minute basis probably still is. So I think that's massive to bring someone like that off the bench. I still, though, I did like the version of them better, actually, with Tino off the bench, yeah. having that score. You're you're basically talking about, do we want to start our offense and bring defense off the bench or vice versa, right? Um mm-hmm. I, I like the offense off the bench better because I think you have more offense in the starting lineup if you're the Storm already with uh, Brianna Stewart and, you know, Sue Bird maybe isn't that scorer anymore, but she's still facilitating. So either way, though, I mean, it's a great problem to have being able to pick and choose, which is that optionality you were talking about. And to your point on this series, I mean, this is the fact that we're getting into this in the first round is wild. Like this, nope. you're right. This is what we've been waiting for for a long time. You look at uh, just a few weeks ago, they played a back-to-back in Washington. Storm won the first one by five. Washington won the second one by three. Both both of those were very tight games down the stretch. So definitely think this one's going three as well, uh, which, if anything, I mean, it isn't the worst thing if for either of these teams to end up in the five seed rather make, than the make four. Make this a seven-game series. Just kind of, kind of petition yeah, really quick. Right? Make it's, this a seven-game series. It's make really it a, not fair. Make it a 30-game series. I'll watch yeah. it. Yeah, let's just like play this out for you know the next two months, and then yeah. everyone else can jump. Let, back let in everyone rest for a little bit. This is it, 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 like it's really not fair that it's you know only three games and the five seed host game three because to me game three is this is easily easily the most likely series to get to game three, which means I mean th- both these teams are trying to get home court in these next three days. That's what they're playing for, but to me it doesn't matter as much as you would actually maybe think at first because this series is gonna be so tight uh you get to ho- if you get to five so you get to host in game three so i'm just excited for this series i will be tuned in locked to every game no i think it's gonna be just an amazing series and these teams know each other so well um you know it's funny because mike tebow in the press conference yesterday was talking about um their matchup with the the fever they have two matchups with the fever at the end of the season um, and, you know, they need to get back on track. They've had a couple, um, you know, rough games here towards the end. Uh, but he also mentioned that Gary Kloppenberg is over with the with the fever now. Uh, the old the old uh, Seattle assistant who actually coached them and to the 2020 championship. Right? He was the head coach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he uh, and he said, you know, they, they run a lot of the same system. So I, I found that really interesting that, you know, Tebow obviously he's been around the block so much that he pretty much knows everything, but especially with the Seattle team, he's really just tuned into them. I feel like they've been prepping for this matchup for a long time. I think it's just going to be incredible. Now I do want to move over to the mystics. Cause as I mentioned, they did lose the sparks. They've kind of looked a little shaky in the last two games after looking amazing in those, uh, in those games, um before that now i'm going to be completely honest with you i did not watch most of the sparks game because i was at a i was at a family function in miami um so i I didn't get to see all of it i've gotten to see some of it uh, on replay but i i think this team is a little bit up and down and i think it has to do right now with elena deladon and that's kind of scaring me because you know in um in, in their game where they had a comeback win, I forget who it was against. I would think it may, it may have been um, the game after Seattle. So I, I'll look that up. But they had a game and, and she came out, um, you know, just didn't play well. I think it was against the Aces, actually. It was against the Aces. 
Uh, she didn't play well in the first half. She didn't really have it. And then the fourth quarter, she kind of came alive and was able to facilitate, but she still wasn't able to score. And then she, you know, mi- she missed the game against Chicago, which was not planned beforehand. And then in the game against Los Angeles, she also struggled. So I'm just getting a little bit concerned uh, about where she is in her fitness. And it's not her fault, right? Like she's coming back from a devastating injury. Um, just one of the most devastating injuries you can have as a person, forget it as an athlete. And I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm getting a little bit worried about her health. So she needs to be 100. percent Hopefully she can get back to it. Um, what are, what other things do you see for the Mystics that are going to be really important? Well, going back to what I was talking about with home court, maybe not yep. being as big of a deal. I think that plays into the Elena Deladon point because you can make an argument that maybe the best thing to happen to the Mystics could be that they don't get the four seed and that Seattle wins this coming game against the Lynx, locks up the four seed. Mystics are locked into the five. Mm-hmm. At that point, I got to think you rest everyone, especially Elena Deladon. Right, exactly. No reason to play her against the Fever, right, if you're locked into the five seed. I'm not even sure if I'd play her anyway because, like I said, I'm not right. sure if it's a big deal if they fall to the, or if they, you know, stick in the five. And in that case, you're talking about, you know, the first round starts Wednesday. She doesn't play Sunday. You're talking about a good – five days off, maybe almost a week off for her at that point. Mm -hmm. I think that could be a big deal. And the Mystics, in that case, I could definitely see being one of those teams that you talked about at the top that you were looking through the last few years, those teams who kind of stumble into the playoffs. And then all of a sudden we we talk about, oh, they're hot or they're cold. And they completely flip the script because the playoffs is a new season. And I could definitely see that being the case for the Mystics. I think of this top five group, that we that everyone agrees the champions coming out of one of these five, right? And of this of this group, I think the Mystics are definitely the coldest team right now, partially because of Elena Deladon. But I think if she gets that rest and she is ready to go with almost a week off, I could easily see the Mystics turning it on and being that team that we saw early in the season and making a deep run. Yeah, no, I, I'm 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 high on the Mystics. I mean, I, you know. I'm here every day, right? You, you can only spend so much time around these people and not be impressed and think think of the world of them, right? Um, but, you know, I I think if Elena Deldon is where she was in the middle of the season, and I think she, she can get back there. And Alicia Clark, too. I mean, Alicia Clark struggled all year shooting, and she's – I mean, it's really been really impressive, right, because she has a foot injury uh, that kept her out all of the last the last season um, for, for the Mystics. So, you know, for her to come back has been nice and she's been really great defensively and she's going to get on one of my all defense teams, but her offense hasn't quite been there. So if she can maybe get a little bit of rest, like you're saying, feel better heading into those two games against Seattle and in a place where she's comfortable, then maybe, maybe this team can hit that other level. And then, you know, I think it is going to come down to pass Elena's health. Um, you know, how's Natasha cloud shooting? That's always a big point. Frankly, against Seattle, I would just not want Natasha Cloud to shoot. Not because I don't think, I mean, she's not a shooter as we all, you know, we all said that, right? Uh, <laughs> she's not a shooter because she's not that good. At, she hasn't been, her percentages aren't there and she knows that, but you know, she had, she can shoot, but I'd rather her just get to the rim because against Seattle's defense, we're going to be facing is someone charging out at you. So you need to be able to just move around it and, and get to the rim and then hopefully produce points in that way. And then obviously Ariel Atkins, I've been asking her to get to the rim all season. She's been doing a little bit more and more and more. I mean, Shakira Austin as well, who can uh, here in DC, who can, you know, has done a lot has really expanded her game. And, you know, I won't be, re- I wouldn't be surprised if we see Shakira Austin just like 
have one game in these playoffs where she goes crazy, where she just, I'm going to lock up Stewie on one end of the floor. And I'm going to give it to her on the other end of the floor because it's six, five, it's, it's hard to stop her. And she's, she knows her role really well. So I'm excited for the mystics. I want to see them play well. Um, but yeah, I'm a little concerned and I hate that we have to come back to Elena Deladon's health. You know, I, I just feel so bad for her because she's such an amazing player, a seemingly amazing person, definitely the leader on this team. And she just hasn't, you know, been able to put that full season together yet. And part of, you know, the billing that we keep talking about, we've been promised this matchup yeah. is the one-on-one Elena Deladon versus Brianna Stewart. That's a big deal. And those have been, you know, other than they both missed different seasons with injuries, but when they've been healthy, two of the best players along with Asia Wilson of the last half decade or whatever. And so we really, really need Elena Deladon just as a neutral fan, just as a viewer, mm-hmm. you know, to be healthy for this matchup to live up to its full potential. But I like what you said about Natasha cloud. I think she could be the X factor because we know what, I mean, Natasha cloud is an all league defender. So are a yeah. bunch of uh, this team go up and down the lineup. I mean, Defense, defense, defense. The, the defense is going to be there, whether Elena Deladon, you know, is fully healthy or not. To me, Natasha Cloud, though, getting to the rim, like you said, and passing is going to be a big deal. Her offense, because the Mystics are going to win if their offense can show up and match their defense. And that's going to rely a lot on Natasha Cloud. When you look at how the Storm, you know, they're so aggressive on those ball screens. They love to trap and hedge. And Natasha Cloud is going to be the first player this year to lead the league in assists, other than Courtney Vandersloot, I think since like 2016. It's been a long time, right? Um, And that's a big deal. And I think Natasha Cloud is that type of player who can pass out of those traps and find those basically four on three in the back end, right? And if you can Mm -hmm. do that against the Storm, you can score. And if the Mystics are going to score, their defense is always going to be there. So I think that'll be a big deal for them. So Courtney Vandersloot has won the uh, peak performers for assists, which is whoever leads the league in whatever stat. Uh, in 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, 2017, and 2015, 2016 was the last year she did not lead it. Do you want to take a guess who it was? 2016. Oh man. Don't think I too have, hard. I have, uh, are they still in the league? Yeah. Is someone, is someone still For one more league? year. Oh, super. Yeah, super. <laughs> it's super. Uh, Year before that, 2014, was Diana Taurasi. And then the year before that was Daniel Robinson, 2013, San Antonio Stars. All right. There you go. Interesting. Actually, the Peak Performers is a really interesting uh, little award here. Um, But, yes, I I, I really, you know, I hope they're healthy. um, And they'll have a plan. And it's just going to be a really nice chess match. I I think Noel Quinn's a really good coach, too. Uh, I trust, obviously, I trust Mike Tebow more because I'm not sure there's a coach in America. I trust more than Mike Tebow. you know, I don't know, maybe, you know, there's not a coach in America. Maybe Don Staley. Maybe Don Staley. I, but, I would put Don up there. Yep. Don, Don's up there. Um, but, I, you know, I trust Mike to have that have that team ready. All right, we got Dano back. Dano, Dano had a phone call, which means he couldn't use his phone. Terrible. Dude, just uh, a fantastic performance from you there. What? Top notch work from Dano. Yeah, I uh, well, I I canceled one or one meeting, uh, but then I got a direct call from my boss after he met with the client and uh, was told about a bunch of things I have to do, and uh, so I had to had to finagle. But I had I had my AirPod in. I was still listening to everything oh, you were saying. 
You want, you want to give a quick... So Calvin has to go because Calvin has to do another podcast, which is apparently more important than ours, but whatever. Um, so <laughs> do you want to give a quick take about the Mystics before you say some things about the, uh, the Wings? Yeah, uh, Mystics, uh, 2022 champions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, You're right. going to hear folks. That's go. it, folks. That's it. That's it. The um, internet worked cool. just for that. <laughs> if, if it's you a conspiracy. Away, if you can take away anything I said or uh, – did not say um, from the terrible quality of my internet. Uh, Mystics 2022 champions. Let's Put go. It Put it down. Let's go. That will uh, that will throw a monkey wrench into my. I have a vacation plan, and if the Mystics make the semifinals, I'm gonna have to change it. That's okay. <sighs> it's all right. It's all right. I'd, I'd rather see. I'd rather see the good basketball. Let's move over to the Wings. Mm-hmm. The Wings are the only team here that we are. Uh, I would say are in a different tier. Uh, than the rest of the teams, uh, unfortunately. Uh, not that I don't think the Wings are a very good basketball team. I just don't think of them as a championship contender. They will be without Arike Gumbawale for at least the first round series. Uh, I saw, I read about the injury that she has. I don't recommend that. That was not yeah. fun. I think her, from what I can understand, the top of her hip popped out of place. Yeah. I don't know. Don't read about it. That's really gross. Um, I feel bad for her. So just get better, Enrique. We hope we hope you're doing well. Um, the team has though been able to gain momentum without her. I don't think I don't think that's a correlation. I'm not saying they are they're better because they don't have Enrique, as some people want you to believe. I don't think that's true. I think they just caught fire, and then then it happened that Enrique is out. But my big question for them is: without Enrique, can they get enough tough buckets to win? Dano, you mentioned that against uh, New York. They just didn't have those buckets fall. You know, Marina Mabry it was forced into those tough mid-rangers and a bunch of players who, who weren't quite equipped to do that. And you can say whatever you want about Rike. She may take too many of those tough mid-rangers, but she's one of the best in the league at doing it. So do you think Dallas has enough uh, to, to handle that responsibility without her? I really don't. Um, I mean, you you're relying on that shot making. I don't really... I could, I don't know how to say this without just saying it. I'm just kind of disappointed in uh, in Isabel Harrison's output. Even with Enrique going down, I feel like we're not seeing enough from her. And maybe that's not on her, but maybe it's coaching. But uh, still, you have talented guards outside of Enrique. Uh, Alicia Gray. I mean, you're just going to need to play generally close to perfect your margin for error is so small against a team like uh you know connecticut or uh or the aces in the first round and i just don't think they have enough talent to to keep up uh with either of those teams so uh defensively they they've actually been a lot better um in the last few games Mm -hmm. uh so if they can replicate that that kind of structure and keep their same pace, uh, they have a shot of staying in, in these games. But uh, I don't know. I feel like they're running into a buzzsaw with the Connecticut Sun. So I, my hopes aren't high for them. Calvin, before you have to go. Yeah, well, I think I land squarely between you, Gabe, and the general public narrative in terms of Arike mm-hmm. and her absence effect on Dallas. Because, no, I don't think Dallas has a better chance to win and is an overall better team without Arike. But I do think, to Dana's point, they might be better on defense without Arike. And there's certain yes. situations where they're better without Arike. That's but to me, 
in the playoffs, right, exactly. That shouts to Veronica Burton. But in the playoffs, I mean, we I, we hear this talk on the NBA all the time, and I've seen stats on it. I haven't seen stats in the W, but I imagine it seems like the same thing. If someone's got stats, let me know. You need a player like that even more so in the playoffs who can go get you a bucket, late clock situation, and especially if you're a team like the Wings, who if you pull an upset, you're not going to win by 20, right? If the Wings win, they're going to be winning a close game. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're going to be you're going to need a player down the stretch, a closer who can go just one on one, get you a bucket at the end. It's why that narrative before the Bucks won the championship about, well, maybe Giannis isn't the closer. Well, they need Chris Middleton to be the closer because Chris Middleton is the guy who can go get the bucket one on one. Right. And so in the playoffs, I think Arike's presence would be really important. Obviously, hopefully if they do pull an upset, she can come back. Who knows? But. Uh, I, I do think that Dallas's chances to make a run definitely take a hit without her. Um, but I, they've been awesome as road dogs. We've talked about a lot, um, you know, just from a betting perspective against the spread. They're 20 and eight over the last two seasons as road dogs. They're going to be road dogs. So who knows? I do think they steal one of the first two in Connecticut or maybe in Las Vegas, wherever it ends up. I could see it. I could see them stealing one. I can't see them winning the series. And that's exactly for what you said. Ah. That that exact reasoning is why I don't think. Now Marina Mabry, you know, she she has it in. She's got a to, to she's got that dog in her. Um, got that dog in her. She's got that dog in her. <laughs> uh, and uh, so it, maybe. And you know, I really I really appreciate what Alicia Gray has done this season. Um, but you know, I think this team is is slacking that one that that player gets you the bucket at the end of the game. And I think, you know, just to, to one more thing on Arike is like, I think the reason they look a little bit better without Arike is like you're saying, like they do have a little bit more defensive talent on the floor, but also they just have a point guard on the floor at all times. There's just not something that has happened with Arike for whatever reason, because, because their personnel is just, you know, not suited for that. And, and I think that's something they're going to have to keep in mind in the off season is like, wow, Tierra McCown looks a lot better because there's a point guard on the floor. Everyone's looks a lot better when there's a real point guard on the floor and, and Ty Harris has stepped up. Veronica Burton has stepped up. We'll see how they do in the playoffs and how that affects the team going forward. Um, but you know, the, this has been at, outside of obviously you never want to see someone get an injury. It's been a positive stretch for um, Dallas. And I think they'll be able to figure out and hopefully when the recon comes back next year, they can have a team around here that, that can push that she can help push into um, the playoffs. And, you know, well then we can have the discussion of whether she's a, a floor raiser or whatever ceiling raiser. I don't know. I don't know, but guys, all right. Calvin has to go because he's big time um, superstar. (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll take our leave too. We've been here for an hour. It's been super fun hanging out with you guys. Thanks for everyone who commented. Larry Carter, Sky Sky Show, Sky Shows everywhere. I'm I'm, I I know you're here. Uh, Balance Sports. Thanks for commenting. We really appreciate it. Um, Subscribe to the channel and subscribe to Spread the Floor. Next week we're gonna be doing uh, playoff previews. Still figuring out how that's going to look. I imagine we're doing one here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast with me and Christy, and then we'll do one on Spread the Floor with all of our friends here talking betting and and giving you good advice, giving you winners for the playoffs. So y'all have a great day, and we will talk to you very soon.